Every time John preached, he got noticed. Every time. Sometimes it had to do with the fact that he wore kind of odd clothes, you know, though that kind of that kind of fur wasn't in style in the time. But John the Baptist decided he'd create his own fashion statement, and so the the wrappings that he'd wear kind of drew attention to himself. And then there was that honey on his breath and grasshopper breath. <laughs> there was just something about John that attracted people's attention. And once you got past the appearance and once you began to listen to the preaching, you knew that there was something else about John that was unique too. Because every time he preached, sparks flew. Every time he opened his mouth, there were sparks heading out into the direction of the audience and the folks that were listening to him. And the sparks would catch in the hair of the holier-than-thou folks and they'd try to bat them out before it could catch flame and... And it'd get in the eyes of the folks who were eternally pessimistic, saying there is no hope for Israel. Every time John preached, sparks flew. And everybody listened to him. Well, one day, at the end of one of his sermons, he said, I need to tell you something. And I know that you've been listening to me, and I know that you've been impa- you have been impacted by the words that I've said, but, but there's somebody who's coming after me who instead of preaching sparks, he uses a flamethrower. He lights up everybody, or he'll light up everybody that will ever hear him preach. When he comes, he's going to clean house. Well, that's Light's paraphrase of the text. The text is Matthew 3, 11 and 12. In the middle of one of John's sermons at the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, John switches gears and he says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, He will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The word of the Lord. The ideas of equating spirit and fire weren't a new idea to the folks who were listening to John preach. Those folks from Israel had long associated spirit and fire with God's power. And they remember the stories that they had been told that the Spirit and the fire indicated God's purifying presence. And the Spirit and the fire actually just said to everybody who was around, God's here. Sometimes it was in dynamic ways and sometimes it was in quiet ways, but there was no mistaking the Spirit and the fire said, this is of God. They remembered their teachings, and the Holy Spirit was was equated with the breath of life. He was the word of power. He was involved in the work of creation. He was the revealer of truth, and every time folks heard about the Holy Spirit, they thought of God. And when they thought of God's fire, they remembered the time when that pillar helped them get through the wilderness. They weren't even sure what step they were going to take next, but the pillar let them know.
It gave him the kind of guidance in those decision-making moments. The fire of God indicated to Abraham that he was the I Am. And said to Moses, um, this bush isn't burning, but I have something for you to something for you to do. Fire also was a warning. It was a warning that there was something in Israel's life that wasn't quite right, and fire also was an indication of purifying. And in the, in the combination of the two, the spirit and the fire were evident in the prophets and the preachers. They were evidence in God's judgment and the people's repentance. They were evidence in God's promise and His accompanying peace. God had made Himself known throughout the years through His Spirit and His fire. But I think John's prophecy is saying something different here. The one, John said, was coming after him was going to baptize those hearers with the Spirit and with fire. He said that this, this coming after one was going to submerge them in the Spirit. He was going to submerge them in the fire. He was going to clear the threshing floor. He was going to burn the chaff. He was going to clean house. So the question I want to ask you is, uh, when in Jesus' ministry did this happen? Uh, chapter and verse, please. Those of you who have taken introduction to the New Testament and New Testament Gospels, I'm, I'm looking for an answer here. When did this happen? Well, most of the commentators, when they talk about this, they want to divide this into two different events. And so they'll say, well, of course, Jesus' baptism with the Holy Spirit or Jesus' baptism in the Holy Spirit took place on the day of Pentecost when those believers were, were gathered together. And then they'll say that the fire that, that John is referring to here is the kind of fire that John the Revelator told about in his Revelation. That one last fire, that one last bonfire to beat all bonfires. But if you read John's prophecy, at least it reads to me like it's a same time event, not a two different times event. It's a simultaneous event, it's a spirit fire baptism. Wonder what it looks like. And the people who were listening to John that day, those folks, they must have been scratching their head because they had thought about those two things, the Spirit, not a thing, the person of the Spirit and the thing of God's fire, and they could equate those with God, but together? Well, some of them may have thought that it was like the time that God blessed their dedication of the temple. Kind of looked kind of like this. Colors a little off because they had Polaroids then, not digitals. <laughs> God honored the dedication of their efforts and, their, and the dedication of their hearts by saying to them, I'm present. I'm going to honor your efforts here for honoring me. Most of us, at least I did, when I was working, thinking about this passage, when I think about the Spirit and the fire, I, I think about Pentecost. Think about the upper room, 120 people, and, 
in the room that day when the Spirit came and there was a sound of wind and there were lights like fire and it kind of looked like this. While those were incredible times in the lives of God's people, both of those moments are far too tame to compare with what John had in mind. John is saying that the one coming after him will baptize with spirit fire, and I think it's going to be the most powerful thing. It was, it's going to be the most powerful thing that Israel ever experienced and anyone has ever experienced. And, and when I think of Jesus' baptism with spirit fire, I think it looks like this. All consuming. Nothing gets in the way. Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit fire, Jesus. Well, if that's what it looks like, well, then who's it going to affect? I think the word implies everyone. Everyone. I believe that Jesus' baptism in the Holy Spirit and his baptism in fire is a baptism that happens to every person who has ever lived this side of the prophecy. One writer put it this way, it is one baptism which is experienced either as judgment or blessing. Let me repeat the phrase again. It is one baptism which is experienced either as judgment or blessing. You hear what he's implying? That the effects of the baptism are not determined by the baptizer, but they're determined by the baptizee. By the one who's being baptized. Blessing or judgment? The effects of the baptism are decided by the one who is undergoing the powerful, purifying presence of God's Spirit and God's fire. And those of us in this room that knew about God's presence and turned our back on Him know about the pain and the awfulness of being on that side of the baptism. And those of us who have come to faith in Him and, and, and made ourselves open to Him know about the joy and the peace and the power that comes with that baptism. The baptism will impact everyone. The baptized will determine whether it's blessing or judgment. Well, we thought about what the baptism's like, who, about, who the baptism is going to affect. So maybe we need to talk about when this is going to happen, when it's going to take place. Certainly in the passage... And certainly in some understandings, there is, there, is a, there is the notion that this will happen when time is ended. Certainly there will be a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Amen? And there will be a time when the old will pass away and the new will come, when the new heaven and the new earth will be realities and the old earth will be consumed. But, but let me suggest 
Let me suggest that Jesus intends for his spirit fire baptism to happen now. That Jesus wants to overwhelm us. Jesus wants to submerge us. Jesus wants to immerse us in the purifying power of his presence today and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and every day until we see him or he comes and gets us. That's what Jesus wants. That's what he waits for us to let him do. Amazing, isn't it? He could consume us just like this. But he hopes to cleanse us completely. He could pulverize us. But he wants to purify us and make us whole. I I think he waits for us to turn John's prophecy into a prayer. It says, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I wonder what the result would be. One of the commentators put it this way. He said, that when the Spirit of God enters into a person, the disorder of human nature becomes the order of God. Our disheveled, disorderly, uncontrolled lives are molded by the Spirit and shaped by the flame into the holiness of God. The result of praying, Jesus baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I, I know I'm talking full, a room full of saved folks. And I'm talking to folks who at some point in their lives have said to God, all of me, there is anything I hold back, there is anything that I reserve, take take all of me. And I hope I'm talking to folks who are up to date in their relationship with God. It's an old time phrase. When I thought thought of it today, I'm thinking I'm 10 years old. Nothing between, we used to sing. But I wonder what would happen if we prayed, Jesus baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire in a new way. I wonder what kind of house cleaning he'd do in us. I wonder what kind of house cleaning would take place on this campus. I wonder what kind of house cleaning would take place in our world if those folks who said, I belong to Jesus, would say to him again, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and baptize me with fire. See, I have a notion that we don't know yet what that's like. And he invites us to participate. He invites us to let him dunk us or sprinkle, or immerse, or whatever you want to say. (laughs) To immerse us in His Spirit and immerse us in His fire so that we continually become all that He has called us and asked us and designed us to be. Let me tell you what's behind this passage. and um, Our theme for this year, and you'll grab one of these when, when you go out the door, our theme for this year is My Heart and Altar, God's Love of the Flame. Back in January, I was working on some schoolwork. 
I've been doing homework. Don't you feel bad for me? And I was talking to a guy about, um, about the project that I was working on, and he, heard, and he used a phrase that I hadn't used, heard for a long, long time. But it struck a chord in me back in January, and it's been working on me until now. He said, what if, what if the place where you minister were a fire base? You know what a fire base was? When fire was scarce, there was always somebody who would tend the flame in the middle of the village. Somebody who would tend the flame in the middle of the region, and that fire never went out. And it might be that a village down the road or over the hill, or it might be one of the little hovels in that village, their fire, their cooking fire went out, and they had to have it in order to live. And so they'd take something, and they'd go to the center, and they'd light their flame again. And they'd go back to their home, or they'd go back to their town, or they'd go back over, over the ridge into the hollow with that flame intact and spread the flame. What if? What if we allowed Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire so that this were a fire base? And the glow of His Spirit at work in our lives was so bright that the folks that are a part of our lives would want to come to know Him. And the glow of the Spirit at work in their lives would be so bright that the folks that they know would want to come to know Him. The other side of that notion of fire base is the the notion that we are in an increasingly secular world. Those of you that were in an introduction to the ministry last spring know that we did a project about doing a ministry. One of the statistics that we used about a particular county said that 70% of the population of that county was not on any church rolls. And what I didn't tell you at the time, or I don't remember if I told you at the time, was that's, that's El Paso County. Right where we are. Right in God's second country. Wheaton, Illinois is first. Colorado Springs is second. Seventy percent on any church rolls. I think it's part of the reason why Jesus said, I want to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so the question I have for all of us is whether or not we're willing to pray that prayer with no strings attached. Whether or not we're willing to pray that prayer with no agenda. Whether or not we're willing to shove out of the way whatever life experiences there are that keep us from praying that prayer. That keep us from praying daily, moment by moment, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What if we were to pray that prayer and then get out of the way and let him clean house? Let's pray together. Jesus, you've given us inkling all along the way what this might be like. 
We remember the times in our lives when, when you were so real and you were so close we felt your heat. We sensed your presence. And we know of times in our lives when the community of faith that we are a part of glowed. What we ask for is the privilege of being baptized anew by your spirit and by your fire. And we don't know what that will mean and we don't know what that will look like. But we want it more than we want anything else at the moment. And so would you begin the process of cleaning house for your sake? Amen.